seen any of the Marvel movies? Yeah. I saw one of the Thors. It was Ragnarok? very fun. Yeah, Rag- I think Ragnarok. Yeah, if you saw any other Thor movie, you would be like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Oh, really? Well, I guess yeah, I got lucky with the right that's one. That's the only good one, yeah. I might have seen one of the Avengers, but I don't remember. I've never had a bad experience watching a Marvel movie. Got They're it. exactly as advertised. Yeah. and I just never seek them out. Oh, I seek them out. I just like, I'm like, eh. When you were a kid, did you watch cartoons? Yeah, I, I watched cartoons. What did you watch? Rocco's Modern Life was probably my favorite. I watched that too. Yeah, I like that one. And uh, I was mostly a Nickelodeon kid. You know, Doug. So no superhero like stuff. Not really. I liked Bat- the Batman animated series. Batman was the only superhero. And I had all the Batman VHSs. Yeah. And honestly, I'm actually really curious about this because I feel like I like a lot of the superhero stuff. Because one, my dad was into superheroes when he was a kid, but he, it's not like he ever really talked to me about them. Mm-hmm. And then two, when we Wait, were your kids. Dad, your dad never sat you down and gave you the superhero talk? No. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason i like knew my dad liked superheroes is because when i would go to my grandma's house he still had like some comic books like he had a because they would make like big comic books back then too yeah. and he had like big editions of like conan the Bar- barbarian and stuff and that's the only reason i knew he was into that it's not like he would ever like i, I don't know he's, he's a man of a few a few words i would say and he um he's not like Hey, Batman did this and Batman did that. Unless I would like ask him. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I'm constantly trying to tell people about Batman and nobody wants to listen to me. Yeah, you always bring up Batman. Like when I was at like you know my f- uh, funeral of a dear friends and you said, Chris, <laughs> I gotta tell you about this new Batman movie. Well, I mean, all of those things are kind of stuff that happens in comic books, and that's why it came to mind for me. Like, Bruce Wayne's parents died, so I was, like, yeah. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But I think that it kind of explains a lot, like, why I'm into Marvel movies, because there was this Spider-Man. I always liked the idea of Spider-Man, because of all the superheroes, he was, like, a kid, yeah. and I was a kid. But also, uh, he he had a really great TV show that was on at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's probably, it's, it's one of the cream, it's like one of the best shows. Like, I just feel like I, I stumbled upon these like really great video games and shows. And that's why uh, I'm into that stuff. But not a lot of people have seen them. Um, so would you say that like a lot of the things that you're into now are just early developed? Like you, things, you, they're expanded on things that you got into when you were younger? Yeah. Definitely. But there's there's definitely things I got into as I was older, too. Like, Right. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you only are into that. I'm just, like, a lot of your, like, consistent tastes are from things like games and movies. Like, you'll always go see a Marvel movie. You'll always play a certain Mario game or something. Like, it It's not just Mario. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm... I want to be clear that it's not just the brand or whatever that's what's interesting to me. It's when it's when you take some really talented people and you give them a simple property like that and you see what they want to do with it. Like right. the reason Mario was good is because they had really like obsessive people behind it so that like if it's a Nintendo Mario game it's good. If it's like 
they hand the IP to somebody else, maybe it's not going to be as as good. Right. Like, I think that's what's exciting to me. It's like when Christopher Nolan's directing Batman, you get a nice director, makes a Batman movie. That's when mm-hmm. it's cool. You get Taika Waititi, makes a Thor movie. You get Thor Ragnarok. Right. The other Thor movies were not good. I would not recommend them. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's certain properties that seem to attract those like really creative big name people and those are the things that i like like uh i was reading through because i i growing up with this spider-man tv show the spider-man animated series and x-men animated series i just thought they were like that was just how shows were they're just really good but looking back at it it was like no most shows were garbage and they got like really big like cool writers to work on it that really cared about it And that's why it was these like the Spider-Man storyline was just it was a kids TV show that had a culmination in the end. Like it all built up. You had never seen that before. No, because yeah, exactly. Most kids TV shows were like each episode was independent of each other, and Mm -hmm. there was very few overlap between them. But in the Spider-Man one, it would. It it would have some of those like independent episodes, but they did build up. Like a character introduced way back in a, maybe season one would pop up again later, and it was a, actually a continuing story arc. Not only that, like the the final end point brought back things from the very beginning, and it was just like I don't think you could improve that story. It was just it was so well done. Like as a kid, I was like, whoa, this is a like how, this is such a good this story. Is it. This is the mwah, yeah, chef's yeah. kiss. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, you're probably never gonna watch it, but like, yeah, I won't. <laughs> while while we're just getting comfortable, um, the Spider-Man show. You know, like the great power comes great responsibility. Saying right, that's the whole thing. Yeah, his uncle Ben always said that to him, and then when he be, when he got the Spider-Man powers, he could have stopped a criminal. That was running by, but he's like, I'm too busy. Turns out that criminal later that night actually kills his own uncle. Mm-hmm. And he he's just like, I should have done something. Yeah. I mean, there's always instances of very big moral dilemmas and um, complicated issues in superhero movies. I think that's what makes them interesting. Um, I, I always worry, though, do you, do you ever get tired of like... Oh, here's another Spider-Man movie coming out. I guess we'll see Uncle Ben die again. Like it, it. I feel like the 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 myths and the legends get repeated too often. Well, that's why this time around for this, I don't know if you've seen any of the recent Spider-Mans. I they just completely skip that. They're just like everybody knows this part. We don't need to do it again. Okay. And it it jumps. They never tell you why Spider-Man. They never show you Uncle Ben. It's just they jump right in to later and they never talk about the past and i thought that that's a really neat approach rather than rehashing it but i just want to get this one thought out it's like the spider-man animated series his uncle dies he's he's always great power comes great responsibility the whole show is just him like should i be a superhero or should i stop because i feel like i'm hurting people as a superhero because i'm making wrong decisions a lot of times and like, I don't want to be doing this all the time. I just want to have a normal life. Then these space aliens come and they say, we know what the future looks like. And you, Peter Parker, are very important to the future of the universe. And he's like, whoa, I'm just like this friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. How am I important to the future <laughs> of the universe? 
Well, as the show goes, it keeps introducing characters. One of the characters that introduces is Carnage. Carnage is um, this uh, uh, serial killer who gets a little bit of an alien symbiote on on himself, and he becomes super-powered. And he kills lots of people like that, and Spider-Man stops him or whatever. But what ends up happening is they, at some point, introduce a multiverse, and... uh, Spider-Man gets to meet Spider-Man from different dimensions and they're sent from the space aliens to stop a version of Peter Parker. So there's a version of Peter Parker that gets mixed with the psychopathic carnage alien Mm -hmm. and gets a hold of a device that can destroy the multiverse. And, but he, cause he's really crazy and Nile, uh, yeah, he's a nihilist. Yeah, nihilistic. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I don't give a fuck about anything. I'm chaos. I'm going to destroy the universe. I don't give a shit because I'm insane. But Peter Parker, the reason he was picked as the, the leader of all the Spider-Mans, even though he's like m- maybe the least interesting, because there's like a multiverse where Peter Parker is super famous and everybody loves him. And there's a, a version where he's got like four arms and he mutated worse and like all this stuff. And this one boring Spider-Man realizes... I know one way that I can get stop this carnage guy. And he goes into the universe. He decides Uncle Ben was my biggest influence. He goes into the universe where Uncle Ben never died, where Spider-Man became a super, like a, a big deal and everybody knew he was Peter Parker. And it was just like a version of Peter Parker where everything went well for him. And he get he pulls Uncle Ben out, out of that universe and brings him to talk to the, the carnage guy. And he says, Peter, like... You need to not do this. And it like, <laughs> it was just such a, a great ending. Like it's, it's not a fight. It's just like this. I know who's, who you need to have talked to you to mm-hmm. make you not do this. And that nihilistic Peter Parker realizes like I'm chaotic and I'm a mess. I need to destroy myself. So he uses the machine to kill himself and he saves the universe. And that's the end of the show. And it was like such a good I don't know. It, it reminds me of like in Star Wars Return of the Jedi where it's not a fight, a lightsaber fight that ends mm-hmm. it all. It's just talking. That's very interesting. Um, you will not be watching Spider-Man as the movie for this. <laughs> um, but okay. if you do like nihilistic superhero villains, you will love the movie. Actually, no, you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, welcome, everybody, to uh, Some Guy's Art House Movie Guide. Um, and I guess we're going to fill in, um, no one that's listening to, uh, what we're doing with this. So wait, should I explain the podcast? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So we have this other podcast we just started, some guy's game guide where Anton, uh, that's me presents me with a new game each week or every other week. Um, and I have to play that game for two hours in hopes that I, don't just give up and I actually finish and enjoy the game. Yeah. Uh, I want to get you to appreciate video games in the way that you appreciate movies. Right. He wants to get me to appreciate video games the same way I appreciate movies. So we're starting this podcast. um, But Anton doesn't really have the problem of appreciating movies at all. Right. You actually, you like, you like a lot of movies. You like a wide variety of movies and you appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think so. Definitely Um, not as much as you. Yeah. So the, I guess the theme of this 
podcast is just going to be a little different. I think uh, it's going to be, well, I'm not going to say I think. Uh, the, the way this show is going to be is a little different. So it's going to be me presenting um, movies that, well, maybe Anthony better explain. You might be able to explain um, your conundrum with movies you watch a little better than I can. Um, so what's what do you think is the big, uh, I, not issue, but the big thing that happens when every time you watch a movie? Whenever I watch a movie, I don't know, I'm a logical person or whatever, and afterward I'm like, what does it mean? It's not every movie. Like w- when I saw mm-hmm. The Lobster, after I saw The Lobster, I was like, what did right. I just watch? I want but an like, explanation. When you watch Transformers, you're not walking out of it saying, what does that mean? Or are you? No, I'm probably not even watching Transformers. <laughs> All right. Hypothetically, someone made you watch Transformers. It depends. Like, I feel like somebody could be could take Transformers and do something cool with it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, honestly, there's there's so much opportunity there now that you've said that. That would be right. a really cool idea. Well, but, you would spawn into mm-hmm. everything that you love about, I guess, uh, superhero movies and comic book movies. But you do think of those as movies. You do think about the meaning a lot, right? Do I think about the meaning of superhero movies? Right. I do. If they're if they're done well. Okay. Like, I see a lot of the DC movies that are coming mm-hmm. out now, it's just like fight scenes after fight scene, and then it's over. Um, and then when you are, uh, I guess it depends on the year and, like, what movies are coming out. And you'll like to typically see the award ish movies that come out though are those typically the ones that might like you'll watch it and you'll just kind of scrap out the joyful experience of it and then just jump to what does this mean it's some sometimes i feel like a lot of the really great movies that don't have meaning don't make it into the, like the oscars and stuff because yeah. they're maybe a little too hard for people to understand like the like lobster or um, pretty much anything from that director. I forget what the other one. Uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's your like big thing? Your, your big takeaway after seeing a movie like The Lobster or Killing of a Sacred Deer? Is it immediately like I don't fully understand what it means, or is it like I kind of understand what it means, and I think I understand what it means, but there's a bunch of I feel like a bunch of aspects that I didn't get to enjoy from the movie because i didn't know it at the time yeah that's part of it like i feel like movies like that a lot of the fun of it is not even watching the movie it's talking with people afterward Mm -hmm. and like hearing their interpretation of it and being like oh i wouldn't even thought of it that way and that yeah i think that's where a lot of the joy comes from and maybe that's what i'm hoping to get out of this show for myself well that's exactly what we'll do (laughs) Cool. Um, but I think a lot of things, like, I think a big part of it is, is it's a kind, it's finding a kind of movie, like, what I think about something like The Lobster is, it's not that you can just have a good, like, you could watch it and then have a good time talking about it after, but I think it's a kind of movie you can revisit and see in a different aspect. Um, yeah. Even though you might not want to. Right. Um, so I guess like, that'll be the aspect that I'm coming from because I'm going to watch these movies too. Uh, oh. But I guess the big thing is we're going to try and do is we're just going to present you 
I guess, uh, more art house abstract movies and really nail down what it means. Because if you don't, what happens, Anton? What happens if you don't know what it means? I think it's like, if I don't, if I don't feel like, it, yeah, after we talked about it, that <laughs> I feel that you've given me a plausible, maybe different way to look at it or way to interpret it, then you don't, you don't get any points. Is that, is that what you're getting at? Oh, well, now we're getting into the format of the show. Oh, okay. um, well, the format. So, yeah. So how is this? This is going to work just like the video game show. Um, I'll present you a movie each week in which you'll watch and you can have a major takeaway from it. You, you'll, you'll understand, you know, you'll have your own meaning to it. Um, mm-hmm. But then we'll just kind of break it down. And I want to see if through that discussion, you got more out of the movie than you did while watching it. Yeah. I think that's a good way to say, if I want to keep doing this podcast or if it's boring me. Right. Do you think when you watch these kinds of movies on your own, you don't get anything out of it because you don't have anyone to talk about the movie. So you just kind of, uh, don't watch movies like this. Yeah. I don't find that there's a lot of outlets for somebody, for me to like, just like go on and on about what I just saw. Okay. Do you have an opinion? Okay. So do you have opinions on, I guess, um, art house movies or independent movies or i guess like very boring movies (laughs) i do like long takes and stuff that just like makes you like start being more present in a way Mm -hmm. like you 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 really are like sitting there and and thinking through it Mm because my life is just like constant simulation all the time so yeah um i don't know that that's specifically art house per se to have it be long and boring but it could be part of it. So I guess we'll break down how this works. Um, I already started. So I'll present you a movie every week. And then I guess the real gist of it is I'm going to have you take away a meaning from it in one way or another. That's going to be my goal. Okay. So if I can convince you a certain movie means this, then I get a point. If you don't, think what i tell you that's what the movie means i don't get a point um so it's not really whether you like the movie or not it's whether that if i uh tell you what this movie means that's what the movie means okay that works for me was was that the scenario we had i i think so it was something along those lines of like i need to accept your interpretation of it okay or so I will make sure you walk away from every movie I show you understanding what the movie is. Yeah, but I mean, it's like an understanding of it. Because, like, is there really a right way to look at a movie? Yeah, that's true. I mean, Chairman Uh, Mao would probably say there is. I guess what we'll do is each week we'll break down a discussion of the movie you just watched. uh, So you have a full understanding of what it means and you walk away happy with a conclusion and you're not baffled by this piece of art that is just existing that you are forced to watch. Yeah, I would say if you can make me have a greater appreciation for the movie on top of what I already have, that's a win. Okay. All right. That's the that's the way that'll go down. Um and then we'll be uh and then we'll be 
having competing podcasts, so the scoreboard of mine and the scoreboard of yours with the video games, uh, we'll get points. We'll have winners and losers. Yeah. That's that's what's going to happen. So we'll just kind of, uh, we'll be picking a lot of movies. So movies I'm particularly fond of are kind of more um, of the art house variety. They're very, you know, non-traditional or experimental or have a certain strangeness to them or but at the same time i do love just regular movies uh so i think it's going to be a mixture of both i'm not just going to pick like old foreign movies and i'm not just going to pick you know we're not just going to watch christopher nolan movies and go that blows my mind (laughs) does seven samurai count as an art house movie sure it's not on my list though i've never seen it but i was just trying well, to get a feel maybe i'll add it to your to the list if you've never seen it so i'm excited about the selection of movies i'm gonna make you watch um there are gonna be so how we have the game podcast uh i, I only play the game for two hours um some of these movies are going to be over two hours what okay um so to combat that like I, I'm not gonna. If I show you a movie that's plus two hours, it's going to be in between two movies that are less than two hours. Okay. By like a, like ninety minutes, so like, uh, or like you know half hour. So like, if I, I'll sandwich the two and a half hour movie in between like, a ninety minute movie and a ninety minute movie or something. That works. Should we do movie charades? Yeah. So I'm going to give you a list of clues. You're going to try and guess this week's movie, and you're not going to get it. If you get All it, right. you get like two points. All right. I'm, I'm betting. I'm, I'm raising the amount of points you get. All right. This is the second film of an Austrian filmmaker. Okay. He got his start in the theater. There's an appearance by the same type of weapon that was in the movie No Country for Old Men. The the Bob? You know the cow thing? Yeah, the cow. I was just kidding. The Bob? What's what do you uh, Anton Chigurh's hairstyle is a bob. Oh. But it's not really a weapon, <laughs> but it I feel like it's he pretty is, striking. He is the weapon. Yeah, he's the weapon. Um, uh okay, so there's a cattle prod Austrian filmmaker. Yeah, I didn't know the name of the weapon, so I just... <laughs> is, is Lars von Trier an Austrian filmmaker? I, I feel like he's Scandinavian, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but okay, it's not well, him. It's not Lars von Trier, then. Do you give up? Do I have any more hints? I only wrote down the three. All right, I have some questions. But oh, it does involve VHS tapes. Oh, Be Kind, Rewind. <laughs> this is not Be Kind, Rewind. It's a, they're going to get that'd sweet, be funny sweet if it was. <laughs> That's what you think Art House Cinema is? <laughs> it's, I only show you Michelle Gondry movies. <laughs> yeah, it's just all that. Next week, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> I've seen that a bunch of times. Alyssa's always watching that. Um, can I ask yes or no questions? Sure, you can. You can. Hold on. Sure, you can ask three yes or no questions. Okay. 
did this movie come out after the year 2000? No. Is this movie subtitled? Uh, yes. Is it Conan the Barbarian? <laughs> I'm afraid you're incorrect. Uh, All right. So the, the movie, the first movie I will be presenting to you is Benny's Video. Have you heard well, of it? I have not heard of it. Who's the director? Uh, Michael uh, Mc, Michael Haneke. Never heard of him either. Mikhail Haneke. Really? You've never heard of Michael Haneke? No. What's another? Is it Michael or Mikhail Haneke? Um, well, he's probably top five for me, his movies. They're probably like... What's his most well-known movie? Um, Funny Games. Never heard he, of it. Funny Games he made in 97, and then he remade it 10 years later with an American cast in English. Uh, so about Michael Michael, Michael Haneke... Mikkel, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I probably should know how to pronounce his name. Um, I'll just say Michael, because that's how it's spelled. Uh, you can say Mike. Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike Hanek. Mike Hanek. Mike Hanek. <laughs> uh, he is an Austrian filmmaker, and he is known, I guess, uh, for movies. Uh, well, his most well-known movies are Funny Games, um, cachet or hidden uh as it's called um the piano teacher uh the white ribbon which is probably my personal favorite uh and a number of others i i was i I wanted to show you a a michael haneke movie because i think what i enjoy most about what i enjoy most about him is uh he is under he he likes to approach movies with the total um removal of like movie techniques so to speak uh his movies are very quiet they're very still they're very traditionally um shot uh he he doesn't think that violence should really be presented in a way of like how traditional hollywood movies kind of make violence look um that's often the subject of a lot of his movies uh, and Benny's video is kind of an examination of that. Uh, I, I don't want to give any more away than that. So I'll just let you watch Benny's video. Uh, and then we'll find out what you think of it. All right. Cool. So Benny's video, what do you think? Um, I'm a little apprehensive about violence. I'm not a big fan of watching violent stuff. Um, like gory movies always uh, turn me off, but I am intrigued by the idea of presenting it in a different way. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily like. I th- yeah, like he doesn't present violence in a uh, like traditional cinematic way. Like he's not really trying to make it look like he's not trying to emotionally manipulate a violent scene with you. He does. He he's very interesting. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) I'm also intrigued because I've never heard of this person, and he's one of your top five filmmakers. So there's something uh, I feel like I'll learn about how much you enjoy violence from watching this. Well, I don't enjoy violence. That's what (laughs) what drew you to this, right? Well, I like how he puts violence on in movies. Like it, I like it because I actually think, and he has a good point, 
and we'll get into a discussion of this probably when we talk more about his movies. I think violent, traditional Hollywood violent movies are more pornographic than anything sexual or like things that in our society we kind of classify as being morally obscene. Yeah. Like I find extreme violence in that sense, like really disgusting. And we'll talk about more about this next week, but um, All right. I, I feel like this is a good movie that will jumpstart some conversations of what you think uh, movies could mean and what you can do with movies. Cool. That sounds good to me. All right. So I'll talk to you in two weeks about Benny's video. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) Bye.